Shotman Gamble. Well, they're going to be relinquishing their broadcast series this afternoon in order that we may bring you a description of the World Series baseball game. The Oxidol Ma Perkins program, usually heard at 3.15, will be presented at 4.45 o'clock in September. Records in World Series. 
They win a share. They win a share of a series between the Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals in 1926. It was the largest for each man that has ever been taken out of a World Series play. Uh, perhaps it would be well to mention the fact that the players participating in the World Series game share in proceeds of the first four games of a series. In 1926, the winning share of the St. Louis Cardinals to beat the Yankees was $6,100. It has been expected that this series between the Giants and the Yankees this year will come very close to equaling that World Series record of individual money. The polo grounds is more or less built in the shape of a horseshoe that is almost closed at the end in center field. That means that the foul lines on either side of the field are not very long. The foul line in left field will run about 300 feet from the home plate, and the foul line in right field is even shorter than that, being approximately 290 feet from the home plate. Down through the years, baseball writers have made a great deal over pop fly home runs in the polo ground. And since the Yankees come into this series with more home run records than was ever deemed possible since Babe Ruth went away, people have been thinking that there will be a lot of home runs in here. Because of the way the uh, polo grounds outfield in both right and left curve away after they pass the foul line, it has seemed to me over a period of years that the hips balance themselves up pretty well. And while there are a lot of the pop fly home runs that drop into the stand close by the foul line, there are also a lot of long flies that are hit to deep right and deep left that do not go for home runs here that would be circuit wallops almost in any other ballpark in the country. And we are broadcasting from a spot directly in back of the home plate. This World Series of 1936 has taken on a peculiar significance because of the amazing drive the Giants made during the closing stages of their own race to win. The Yankees, of course, overpowered the American League, and their lead was never in danger from the middle of the season. If then, they simply coasted in the victory. The Giants are out to break what is a unique record in World Series history. The last three World Series that have occupied the attention of the New York Yankees have found them winning in four straight games. In 1927, they defeated Pittsburgh four straight. In 1928, they defeated St. Louis four straight. And in 1932, they defeated Chicago four straight. Now they're playing the Giants. That means to say that the uh, New York Yankees, including this, in their last four World Series ventures, will have played the four outstanding teams in the National League over the period of years. The contending teams in the National League have invariably been one of those four. Now, Ty, I think I'll turn this back to you and let you warm up your vocal cords. Well, here we are for the lineup. Well, the polo ground, guys for the home team, so we'll give you the visiting team first, the Yankees. Frank Rossetti, short stop. Red Rolfe, third base. Joe DiMaggio, center field. Lou Gehrig, first base. Bill Dickey, catcher. Jake Powell, left field. Tony Lazeri, second base. George Selkirk, right field. Charlie 
nothing pitcher. The Giants just took the field. For the Giants, Joe Moore, left field. Dick Bartell, shortstop. Bill Terry, first base. Mel Hart, right field. Jim Ripple, center field. Gus Mancuso, catcher. Burgess Whitehead, second base. Travis Jackson, third base. And Carl Hubble, pitcher. National anthem, everybody up. Thank you. 
the great hitter. Behind the bat, they have Bill Dickey. Bill has had perhaps one of the greatest seasons of his career. He batted 362. Bill, they say, is brittle. He was able to stay in there practically all year, thereby enabling the New York Yankees to win the American League by more games than any other team in the history of baseball. We're in the last half of the first inning. And Joe Moore, one of the left fielders, had a batting average of 318 to lead off. The Giants, you know, white suit with light blue trimming. Red Ruffin gets the signal. He's a right-hander. And here it is. It's a fly ball going on into left field. Left fielder is under it and has it. That is Jake Powell playing left field this afternoon for the Yankees. Joe Moore hit a fly ball to medium left field. And we have one gone. The Yankees have played a lot of pepper after that ball was lost back to the infield and they whipped it around, almost knocking each other over. Now we have Dick Bartell, shortstop coming up. Hitting 298 for the season. Strike one, swinging, and the roar of the crowd goes up because he did take a mighty swing at that first ball pitch. Last half of the first inning, one out, nobody on. Strike one. Ball one. That was a nice hook ball that missed the outside corner. And the count on Nick Bartell is ball one and strike one. We'll have Memphis Bill Carey, the manager of the Giants, coming up next. Bartell, the hitter, ball one and strike one. Charlie Ruffy, Red Ruffy, winds up. There's a drive out of the left center field. It's a long way out. Powell going over under it. He has it. That ball was hit right on the nose into deep left center field. Almost 400 feet from home plate. But Jakey Powell was playing deep and dashed over, made the catch, and now we have two men out. Listen to that round of applause for Bill Carey. No Memphis Bill did a grand job of bringing the Giants into the National League pennant this year. They were sorted down on the mouth in this season. Down in fifth place. But then they started, and here they are. Memphis Bill batting left-handed. It's a ball inside. Memphis Bill had to duck out of the way of that one, and I noticed that he was favoring that injured knee of his. Last half of the first inning. Two men out. Nobody on. The wind-up. It's a bounding ball out in the center field, and it's a base hit. A single for Bill Perry. The ball was retrieved by center fielder Joe DiMaggio, returned to Tony Lazari at second, and Memphisville has opened the Blue Ribbon Classic of 1936 with the first base hit. It was a ground ball that Frank Rosetti, the Yankee shortstop, goes for and fails to negotiate the stop, and it's a base mark for Bill Perry. Now we have Mel Ott coming up. Mel Ott, you know, broke in to the National League at the age, tender age of 17, under the late John J. McGraw. He's a great favorite here at the Polo Grounds, and he should be. He's a grand ball player. Right, ball. Last half of the first inning. Two up. Bill Perry is on first. And Mel Ott, the giant right fielder, left hand hitter is up. Foul ball, up and back, and it's strike two. Mel had a very good season, being among the leading home run hitters and compiling a grand batting average of 328. Always find Mellot up among the leading hitters of the National League. 
picture again. Last half of the first, no score. Bill Carey on first. Two men out. Nellot is up. Strike two. The pitch. Hit the ball. That ball high outside. And the count is strike two. And ball one. Dolly roughing out. Kicking that dirt around out there in the pitcher's box. Taking plenty of time. Perhaps that's a bit of strategy in worrying the hitter. Anyway, the count is strike two. And ball one. Now he's back in the box with his foot on the rubber. Stretch. Strike two, ball one. Ball two. That was a snappy, fast-breaking curve ball. He just missed the outside corner to Mellon, the left-hand batter. Now the count is two and two. Last half of the first inning of this old World Series ball game at the Polo Grounds in New York. No score as yet. Two out, Bill Kelly on first. And two and two on the hitter. Here it is. It's a ball. Ball three and strike two on Mallott. The picture of Mallott steps out of the batter's box. Gets a little handful of dirt. Runs it on his hands. Now he steps in the box. Takes the hitch in his trousers. Does that count three and two? You know this one has got to be in. Here it is. Ball four. Does that count three and two? Probably roughing. Attempted to cross Bell up and shot in the curveball. The ball was coming over the plate, but both low inside. Mellot stepped away, and now we have Mellot on first. Manager Bill Perry on second. And Ripple. Ripple. R-I-P-P-L-E. Center fielder coming up. Ripple has a batting average of 306 for the season. P2, like Mellot, is a left-hand batter. There's the stretch and the pitch. All one. Sharp breaking curve ball was over the plate, jumped a little bit high. Last half of the first inning, no score as yet. Two men out, and two men on. Ripple the batter on the pitch. It's a strike. Ball. A burning fast ball right down the center and about belt high. But Ripple has elected to work the string out a little further. He takes it and it's strike one and ball one. Signal again, and Ruffing takes the stretch, and here it is. It's a ball. A fast ball with low inside, Ripple stepping back, and now the count is ball two and strike one. This is not particularly out of the ordinary for Charlie Ruffing. Charlie, you know, has started a lot of his games this year by being just a little bit wild. He has been able to settle down and compile a fine season pitching record. Ball two and strike one, two out, runners on first and second. And the pitch, the swing, he misses. And it's strike two. Ripple really swung at that ball. Now it's two and two. Last half of the first inning, and nobody has scored as yet. Bill Carey on second, fell out is on first, two men out. There's the stretch, two and two. Here it is. He swings at the foul. Up over third base. And the count remains 2-2. That ball fell into a crowd of spectators. Too many of the boys, too many fingers in the pie, and they knocked it back out on the field, which brought a roar from the crowd. The count remains all two and strike two. Charlie Ruffing is going to take a bit of time before delivering that next one. Now he's on the rubber. Draws his pitching hand across the letters on his shirt and then the stretch. 2-2 the pitch. 
Ball three. Ripple. Took almost a half swing at that ball. Changed his mind. Had to throw fly to the plate for a left-hand hitter. There's a full count of three and two. And Mellot and Bill Terry, of course, will be off with the pitcher's motion. George Selkirk is playing just a little bit deeper for Ripple than usual. The left-hand hitter. Here it is. There it is. It's a high fly ball in back of third base. Frank Gosetti under it. He has it. And that is all for the Giants. No runs, one hit. Come inside. First inning reflected the... We reflected the pitching of uh, both clubs. In other words, with uh, Carl Hubble pitching, pitching his downer, as they call it, the uh, Yankees went out in order on balls hit on the ground, while Ruffing had the Giants popping him in the air. First two men, Warren Bartell, flying out to right uh, to left field, and uh, Ripple ending the inning with a pop-up to Frankie Crescetti, who moved over behind third base to make the cut. No scores yet, and the mighty Larrabee Lou Gehrig of Columbia. Lou, you know, is a great favorite here in New York. He should be. He's played grand baseball for them. He has that great average of consecutive games, and in his younger days, Lou, of course, was a great star, a great football player and baseball player over Columbia. So it's Larrabee Columbia, Lou, coming up to the plate for the first time. And you can take it from me, there's a bit of excitement in the hearts of these rooters at the polo ground. It's Carl Hubble against the great Lou Gehrig, the mighty left-hand hitter. He's taking no chances, and here's the first pitch as a bounding ball down second base way. But Terry goes over, takes it, crosses to Hubble. A brilliant play by both Bill Terry and Carl Hubble. Terry was playing a deep first base for Lou Gehrig. And that ball was hit between first and second. Terry elected to go over and feel the ball. And Hubble was alert, dashed over, took the peg. And Gary retired at first base. Terry to Hubble. One out. And now another mighty hitter. Who can boast of a batting average of 362 for the past season. It is Bill Dickinson, one of the tallest catchers of all time. And what a grand season Bill Dickey has had in the American League this year. Hubble winds up. Has a bounding ball through the box. Whitehead comes over fast, takes it, the throw, he's out. That was a slow, high bounding ball that Burgess Whitehead ambled in for and took felt high and then snapped it over to Bill Carey at first. And Gary and Dickey have been retired. Two out, nobody on. And Jakey Powell coming up. Powell, you know, came over from Washington in that trade to accept the speedy Ben Chaplin to the Senator. Powell, a right-hand batter. Two outs, nobody on. All one. Sharp breaking curve ball to just a little bit outside. Powell, you know, when he broke into the American League, he was very, very fast on his feet and still is. I don't see him, however, as fast as Chapman. All one. All two. Carl Hubble used that old screwball as he called at that time. But the plate almost as big as a watermelon, but it was outside and it falls too. First half of the second inning and no score yet. Yankees back, nobody on, and we have two men out. Carl Hubble again winds up. It's 
the strike. Evans put the plate right in half. But with the count two and one, Paul decided to work out the string. A slight drizzle beginning to fall here at the polo grounds at the moment. I don't believe, however, that it's going to interfere with the game immediately. It's a ball. Nice sharp breaking curveball with his low inside. Powell takes it, and now the count is ball three and strike one. Carl Hubble pitching and cuts Mancuso catch. Here it is. The foul up on the screen and back up home plate. And we find Jake Powell with a full count of ball three and strike two. Strike two. Notice the bubble is working just a little bit slower than is Charlie Ruffing. Sends over now the wind up with a count three two. A foul back and the count remains. Ball three and strike two. From our lofty perch here in the press box, we look out over center field, directly through center field, and we see the home of the Yankees. That's where the third, fourth, and fifth game of necessary will be played. Smack through center field. Ready to go again. First half of the second inning. The American League Yankees are in bat. Two out, nobody on. Jake Powell at bat with a full count of three and two. And here it is. There's a flying drive with the base knock into left center field. Paul, as he sees out there by a ripple, return to the infield where it is taken by Bartell. And Jake Powell gets the first Yankee hit of the first game of this 1936 Blue Ribbon Classic at the Polo Grounds in New York. A line smashed up into the left center field and was fielded very cleanly by center fielder Ripple and returned to the infield. Now we have Tony Lazari coming up. Tony Lazari, the Yankee second baseman and a right-hand batter. Center fielder and right fielder have moved back just a little bit. As a play at first base. Just a gesture on the part of Hubble. Because Powell was not very far off. Here it is. It's a strike. Nice curve ball right over the heart of the plate. Guy Fairman called it and the count ends. One of nothing on the barrel. Strike one. First half of the second inning. No score as yet. There's the stretch of Hubble. The pitch. Outside. I saw Bartell start over to second. That apparently was a pitch out on the part of the Giants. Now the count is ball one and strike one. That pitch out, you know, for those not so familiar with baseball, it signal for the catcher. He thought that perhaps Powell was going down and called for a wide ball. So there'd be no obstruction in his way for the play at second. One and one. Another play at first base. Powell gets back very fast. No chance at all of getting him. There he is up. Ball one, strike one. Ball two. That was a curveball. It was over the plate, but just a little bit low. And the count now is ball two and strike one. Ball two and strike one on Tony Lazeri, a right-hand batter. Hubble takes the stretch again. Two out. Powell on first. It's a foul strike. Out on Tony Lazeri is ball two and strike two. Out 
I believe that that ball may have hit Gus Mancuso on the back of his glove. Not making any to do about it, but he did take his catching mid-off and rubbed the hand for a moment. He is not hurt. We're ready to go. It's ball two and strike two. Jake Powell on first with two out. Here it is. Ball three. downer pitch is because he caused the first two men, Gehrig and Bill Dickey, to ground out as the first three in the first inning did. And Dickey Powell got a hold of one that was pitched about way high, but he singled into uh, left center field. Tony Nazari, up there with three and two, looked at a very sharp breaking curve about knee high over the inside corner for the tall third strike. Each team has made one hit so far. Giants have placed two runners on base. They've had two left on bases. And the Yankees won. We go into the last half of the second inning. Just Mancuso is up, Tom. So there he is. We're going into the last half of the second inning. The National League. Giants coming to bat. And Gus Mancuso, the Giants catcher and the right-hand hitter is up. The pitcher is roughing it. Here we go. There's a smash to right field. It's foul in the upper deck. Strike one. Well, the fans over here along first base got a little thrill out of that one. That was fouled by not too much. No score is yet as we play the last half of the second inning. Riley Ruffing and Bill Dickey, the strong point for the Yanks. Ball one. That's a sharp breaking curve ball. It's plenty low and outside. Count on Gus Mancuso, ball one, and strike one. Mancuso has done a great spark plug of the Giants this year. Ball one and strike one. Strike two. Yes, sir. Gus Mancuso was swinging for the old Yankee Stadium that time. Swung from way back, you know. Strike two and ball one. Last half of the second inning, and so far we have a scoreless tie. Strike two and ball one. It's a foul back to Remains unchanged. Strike two and ball one. Gus Mancuso stepped out of the box for a moment. Now he's back in there. Ruffing has his glove off and bottling that ball for a moment. It's strike two. Ball one. Now the windup. High foul over third base. Ross coming over. It's close to the stands. He dove into the boxes. He just barely had his fingertips on that ball. Dove into the boxes, unable to hold it, and the count is strike two and ball one. Umpire Bill Summers is going over there fast. On the way over, Ross lost his cap. Fans, too, were very courteous over there. They stepped aside and allowed Ross to tie for the catch. Ross was just slightly bumped on that Attempt. Frank Rosetti and Short runs over. Talk to him for a moment, but he is not on her. Just guard a little bit and we're ready to go. Rain is coming down just a little bit harder. Not really a rain, just a drizzle. It's not very warm here at the Polo Grounds in New York this afternoon. That doesn't stop the crowd from this blue ribbon classic. ball one. It's a foul back. That ball hit Bill Dickey on the right hand and he's taking his hand. He's holding his bare hand in back of him. The boys are walking in for a moment, but I do not believe that his fingers were split or anything. No, he's both in the back of their position. However, something the pitcher and Red Ball continue. They're back to the home plate. Now the return to their position. Bill Dickey is 
Bill shaking that man. That's the ball. Left back him a little bit on the throwing net. Boy, that'd be a tough break for the cause of the American League. Strike two and ball one. Dropping his pitching. And Cuso batting. And we're ready again. It's a call strike. And Cuso didn't like that for a moment. But it's a call strike. You know there's something about an umpire decision. Fellow once said, you may be down, but you're never out. That's bad, but when the umpire says you're out, there's no argument. One gone and nobody on. Now we have Burgess Whitehead coming up. Hit the ball, a back ball inside. Now it's one another. That's half of the second. One man out and nobody on. Follow back, ball one, and strike one. No chance of tight tight New York's really getting hit with those balls this afternoon unless they come right through that screen. I don't see that that's possible. See, this is the first time in a good many years we've been able to work in back of the screen. All right, ball one and strike one. Last half of the second, one out, and nobody on. Ruffing winds up to foul. Back. Strike one and ball one. Tony Lazari is running in from his second base position now into the box to say something to his pitcher, Charlie Ruffing. Bill Dickey is still has that throwing hand clinched. He walked around home plate while that little conference was going on between Tony Lazari and Ruffing. Ruffing now is walking toward home plate. called Bill Dickey out. He's walked within 10 or 15 feet of home plate. Boys perhaps have uh, discovered some little inside dope on one of the players or something. Some of the fans now, apparently adherents of the Giants, are yelling at them to get going. Last half of the second to know, no score is yet. One man out. Burgess Whitehead, the second baseman, is up at it. Strike two and ball one. Here we go again. It's a bounding ball down short. A big hop. Cosetti has it. The throw to Garrigan. He's out. All of these drivers this afternoon have taken very beautiful hops. The boys have not had to trap them. They've both of them about belt high. Travis Jackson, the captain of the Giants, is coming to bat. Travis Jackson has long been a favorite here in Holland. And this afternoon, the fans acknowledge it by giving him a nice round of applause as he comes to the plate for the first time. Two out, nobody on the pitch. Strike. What a beautiful curveball Ruffing shot him that time. That is easily the prettiest curveball that he has caught this afternoon. It had plenty of smoke on it and very sharp. Strike one. Ball one. That was a curve ball, too, but it broke low and outside, and the count is ball one and strike one. Last half of the second, two out, and nobody on. Travis Jackson. Jackson's the right-hand batter. Strike. He swings hard and misses, and the count is strike two and ball one. Travis Jackson is a long left field hitter, and for that reason, Powell is playing just a bit deeper than you. Wind up strike two, ball one. 
Plate three called. That was the late curveball that caught the outside corner of the plate for a called strike. And that's all for the Giants in the second inning. No runs, no hits, and no errors. Tomorrow will be October 1st. The opening of the Ford dealers nationwide used car clearance sale. More than 150,000 good used cars and trucks will be sold by Ford dealers during October at bargain prices. Well, that second inning, as far as the Giants are concerned, Ruffing seemed to pitch considerably better than he did in the first inning, or possibly the opposition wasn't quite so strong, because both Mancuso and Travis fans and Burgess Whitehead got an easy bounder to Frank Rossetti at shortstop. So far, the pitchers have dominated this game, and uh, the result is it hasn't been necessary for any fielders to come up with any hard play. Going into this third inning, while it's still drizzling a little bit, doesn't seem to be getting any worse than it has been, and I think we'll be able to do at least five innings, don't you think, Tom? Better get them up there fast. Going into the first half of that third inning, again, the American League comes to bat, Ball is high, you know. Very few seats vacant here at the polo ground. The panorama of humanity that one would travel a long distance to see. And we're not disappointed this afternoon. The American flag flying aloft. And the cutting hanging over the upper deck. It's a real pretty picture. Ready to go. We have Stoker. Left hand batter up at the straight pole. First half of the third inning. And the Yankees come to bat. Stoker had a batting average this year of 308. There's a long smash, it's going, 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 high up in the stands in right field. It's a home run for George Selfer. A home run, a mighty smash by the right fielder of the New York Yankees, and the scoreless tie has been broken. Boy, what a smash. He has been at home plate by Cosetti and Ruffing. They're waving their bats. They give him a pat on the back. And Bill Perry has walked to the pitcher's box. Boy, oh boy, what a smash. Well, well, that's that. You know by the roar of the crowd that the Yankees have a lot of looters. But anybody would yell over that one. Charlie Ruffing is up. He swings hard, pops the ball. Hubble picks it up. It's close. He is out. Charlie Ruffing swung hard at the first ball pick. He popped it. And Hubble didn't make up his mind for a moment to pick that one up. He did not hesitate too long. Picked it up just in time. And shoot it to carry it first for the out. One gone. Frank Rossetti coming up for the second time. Frank Rossetti is a right-hand batter. First half of the third inning, the American Leaguers won, National League, nothing. One out, nobody on, and Frank Cosetti, the Yanks shortstop, and the right-hand batter at the plate, and Carl Hubble winds up. He hits the first ball, it's a very high fly ball, in back of second, with Whitehead backing up, waving the others away, he makes the catch. Now we have two men out. Boy, that baby Selkirk really stepped into that ball shot up there by Hubble, and he did not park it in the lower stand, but he parked it in the upper deck. And if you think that is the real match he's got, come on out to the polo grounds and try it. Boy, oh boy, what a club. Two men out. Nobody on. Red Wolf 
Now we have the mighty Blue Jerry of the Yankees coming up. And the fans are all yelling. The crowd seems about evenly divided. The Giants and Jets, you know, haven't given much chance to yell for them. That home run of the Yankees has seemed to break their hooters up, and now they're rooting for Jerry to get one. Here's the first pitch. It's a strike. A beautiful curveball. Was coming at Gehrig and then broke over the plate and it's a strike. First time up, but also that first pitch to Gehrig and then a slow sweeping curve ball. Two outs to know. Walters on second. Joe DiMaggio on first. DiMaggio has a big lead. Ball one. That was a burning fast ball right at the head of Gehrig. Gehrig just nodded a bit and stepped out of the way and it is strike one and ball one. Yes, it is still drifting. That field is becoming a little bit slippery out there. Ball one, strike one. Jerry gets back. The fans on the rest of their feet. The punters on first and second and two out. There's the stretch. Ball one and strike one. The pitch. It's a strike. A strike ball. Strike two and ball one. Again, Carl Hubble keeps that sweeping curve ball. That one I see was just a little bit faster than the other two. Now we see whether or not Carl Hubble attempts to pull the string on Jerry. If he does, anything can happen. Either way, for the Yanks and for the Giants. Anyway, this is the spot. Right through and ball one. There's the stretch. Here it is. It's a pounder back to Hubble. Hubble takes it and crosses his turn. I believe on that ball with a chance right through and ball one. The turn is a ball set for a back ball. Keeping the uh, Yankees rather handcuffed during the first two innings, George Selkirk came through to flatten that one in the upper deck to put the Yanks in the lead, one to nothing. Then after uh, roughing and uh, Crosetti had been retired, Rolf and DiMaggio came along with singles, and it looked as though Huff might be in for a bad inning. However, as Tom just told you, Hubble crossed Gehrig on that last pitch, which resulted in a very easy bounder right back to the box on which Gehrig was retired and which retired the side. For it's one nothing in favor of the Yanks as we go into the last half of the third inning. round of applause is for Carl Hubble. Carl Hubble gets a nice round of applause from all of the fans here at the Polo Grounds in New York as he steps up to the plate. Carl Hubble, you know, pitches him left-handed, but bats him right-handed. They have Charlie Ruffing, a right-hander in the box for the Yanks with Bill Dickey receiving. And it's Hubble and Mancuso for the National League. Here we go with the last half of the third to score. Yankees won, Giants nothing. Strike. Carl Hubble swung very hard at that first ball and missed. Getting pretty dark here in the polo ground. Still drizzling. There's a base knock. It's a base knock in the center field. Friends, I'm stopping after each of those blows so that you too might get the thrill of hearing this enormous crowd here after calling the play for you. We will stop and let our engineers allow you to hear the 
applause and the hundreds of applause, as it were, here in this first exciting game of the World Series. Carl Hubble with one strike, took a ball that was just a little bit above the knees and poked it on a line in the center field. There it was retrieved by DiMaggio and returned to the infield where it was taken by Crosetti. Now we're ready to go, and again we have Joe Moore. Joe Moore, you know, backed him. Left hand. Carl Hubble has his overcoat on, as it were. All buttoned up where he's cut. Charlie Ruffing makes a stretch. It's a strike. Oh. Ball one and strike one. Last half of the third inning. Nobody out as yet. Score one to nothing in favor of the Yankees of the American League. Strike. He swings hard and misses. Strike two and ball one. Carl Hubble on first base. Joe Moore, you know the left-hand batter of the Giants. Joe's playing left field and playing lots of left field this year. There's the stretch. Hit the ball outside on the count. It's now ball two and the strike two. Well, the fans who have the field boxes at the moment are just getting a very nice coach. <laughs> that drizzle has increased a little bit at the moment. There's been no gestures or suggestions on the part of the officials to call the game as yet, however. Strike two and ball two. It's a foul back. Joe Moore, the left fielder of the Giants, the batter. Ball two and strike two at the count of Joe Moore. Umpire has crossed out a new ball. Charlie Ruffing is having just a bit of difficulty in keeping his pitching hand dry out there in the drizzle. There's the stretch again. Hubble is on first, you know, with nobody out, and it's two and two. He swings hard, and that went up with the chip ball, and Bill Dickey hung out of for a moment, but then dropped it, and the count remains ball two and strike two. Ball two and strike two. Take a look at the outfield for you. Selkirk is playing a little deep. DiMaggio playing medium, as is Powell. Infield playing in their regular positions, and I believe Missouri, or rather Crosetti, will take the throw if a play is made a second. A couple probably will not attempt to see it. It's 2-2. Two -two. Here it is. He swings and misses. Right three, one gone in the giant half of the third inning. Set down ball two and strike two. No more. With a mighty cut and a curve ball that was over the outside corner. Just missed it by a little bit in that count. And it's a strike out. One gone. Dick Bartell, shortstop at that. On this play, Jake Paul, the left fielder, moves a little bit. Hits the first ball. It's a big hit just inside the right field line. Hubble is rounding second, going to third. The ball is retrieved by Shelter. Return to Missouri, and Bartell stops at first. You know, that was a rather funny base that Dick Bartell is laughing down there at first. He attempts to hold that swing a little bit and just pokes the ball out into right field over Gary Kent inside the line. That was mighty fast feeling in the part of Silver. 
Well, we've got a ball game on again now with that score one to nothing in favor of the Yankees. We're in the last half of that third inning. One man out, runners on first and third, and Memphis Bill Perry. Well, you know, at the first hit of the afternoon, he opened the base hit. He's a left-hand hitter. Ruffing gets his signal and the stretch. Marcel on first, Hubble on first. The pitch. All one. A fastball. It broke wide of the plate. And the count on Bill Terry was it up. Terry has asked umpire Perlin to inspect the ball. He does. And without any inspection or any argument, he crosses out a new one. Last pass of the third inning. One to nothing in favor of the Yankees. The Giants have runners on first and third. Marcel first, Hubble third, and one man out. Terry at bat, and it's ball one. Here it is. Swings, he misses. It's a strike. Ball one, strike one. Manager Bill took a healthy cut of that baby. All right, get on the edge of your seat, you giant movies. Here it comes, ball one, strike one. It's a foul ball. Not very far away with Walt and Dickey going back. Dickey is under it. He has it. And as he made that catch, manager Bill Curry took that bat and he slapped it in the dirt and knocked up. That stuff there up over his head. He certainly wanted to get a hold of one. That's it. At least a fly ball or something. Shot up a high foul ball that was handled by Bill Dickey. Now... Two men out, runners on first and third, and Malat coming up. It's not all over yet, you know, because Malat is one of the National League long-distance hitters. For many years, Malat has been up among the home-run hitters of the National League. Martell is on first, Hubble is on third. Here's the pitch. Ball one. Curveball is low outside. Martell is looking around to see whether or not to play it safe. Here's the pitch. Ball two. That one was just a little bit low for Mellot, the left-hand batter, and the count is ball two. The score, you know, New York Yankees. The American League won. The Giants of the National League nothing. They've reached the last half of the third inning with two men out, runners on first and third. Mellot is at bat, and it's two and nothing. Willie or won't he? Here it is. Nope. It's outside, ball three. I thought that was a very smartly picked ball by Charlie Ruffing with that count two and nothing and runners on first and third. That's usually the spot for the automatic strike, but instead of that, he had a very pretty curve ball. It broke wide of the plate, and it is now three and nothing. Ball four. That was high inside, and we have the bases loaded. Mellot is on first, Dick Bartell is on second, Kyle Hubble is on third. We have Ripple, center fielder coming up. Ripple, hit 328 this year. He's a left-hand batter. There you have it, the bag loaded. Charlie Ruffing, pitching, Bill Dickey catching. Ripple has got two men out, and the Giants one run behind. Here's a long wind-up and the pitch. Spike, a mighty swing is a tip foul that is held by Dickey. Strike one. Rain is coming down pretty hard at the moment. But nobody is leaving those box seats. No, sir, not a single one. Here's that pitch. 
fight. Oh, sharp breaking curveball. Just a little bit of both and ease for a call strike, and it is now two to nothing. Ripple steps out of the box for a moment and trying to try that bat of his. Two men out, the bases are loaded. The Giants one run behind. Ripple is up on the count is strike two. Here's the windup, strike two. Here it is. It's a ball. A burning fast ball is high outside. Yes, Charlie Ruffing attempted to pull the string as it were on that one, but it was a little bit too high. And now the count on Ripple is strike two and ball one. Ripple is a left-hand batter. We find Delkirk playing pretty deep with center and left closed in a little bit. DiMaggio is not playing over right center for his left-hand hitter. Strike two and ball one. That was a foul ball that accidentally hit the bat of Ripple. It gave the fans a little thrill for a moment. It looked like it might have been a pass ball. Ripple is up there. You know the bases are loaded. Charlie Ruffing again has his glove off. Now he has trying to get that pitching hand of his dried out. Boy, is that rain is coming down. It's two and two. Here's the pitch. Ball three. That was a curve ball that was over, but just a little bit high. And now a roar goes up from the crowd. This is a tickly flat to the end. Yes, sir. Yes, it's a Dick Merrill spot if there ever was one. Strike three. Strike three with the bases loaded and the count two and two. Ruffing came in with a hook ball that was low inside. And he swings and misses. And it's a strikeout with the bank loaded. At the end of three innings, the New York Yankees won. New York Giants, nothing. Hi. Johnny Ruffy got himself in a hole that time and then picked himself up. Carl Huffle first up. Got a wicked single right past Ruffy here in the center field. Then uh, Red wore down a little bit and struck out Joe Moore. Dick Bartell and dodging a high inside pitch. The ball hit his bat and shot over Gary Kett for a single into right field on which Hubble went all the way to third. Gary... Fouled out to Bill Dickey. Hot walk, filling the bases. Ruffing pitching very carefully to him. Didn't give him a good ball. And then, with a count two and two, on Ripple, and the bases loaded. Came through there to fan the batter, giving him his uh, fourth strikeout of the game so far. It's raining much harder, and it looks as though this game cannot go very much longer. All right, we start the fourth inning, Tom. Take it away. Fourth inning, and Bill Dickey is coming up. Here's a bit of humor for you as we gaze out of the center field. The folks and the bleachers out there have newspapers over their heads. But the rain continues down like it is for the moment. It'll be just too bad for their clothes and everything else. They all have newspapers now spread over their heads, trying to keep their shoulders and their necks from the rain. But they're not going to have much luck if it keeps coming down as fast as it is at the moment. The umpires have made no particular gesture yet to either delay the game or to call it. None whatever so far as we go to the first half of the fourth inning with the American League out in front by the score of one to nothing. The result of a mighty home run by George Delkirk in the third inning. Now we have Bill Dickey, the Yank catcher, left-hand hitter up. Ball one. What a sweeping curveball. Each time that Gary Dickey has come to bat this afternoon, Carl Hubble throwing a sweeping curve ball, not particularly a sharp breaking curve, and not particularly fast. It just seems like a sweeping curve. Here it is, ball two. 
same kind of a pitch as I just explained to you, a sweeping curveball that puts the outside corner and the count on Bill Dickey in ball two. He leaps off for the Yanks in the fourth inning. Hubble again winds up. Strike. And that curveball right over the heart of the plate. Bill Dickey elected to work the string out with Hubble, and it is now ball two and strike one. the lineup. It's a strike call. Kyle Hubble seemed to burn that one in, and the count is ball two and strike two. That sort of surprised Bill Dickey a little bit because he wasn't looking for it, and he stepped away in spite of the fact it was over the heart of the plate. Ball two and strike two. Strike three. Strike three, a nice curveball that completely fooled Bill Dickey. Bill is walking away without a veteran to the umpire, perfectly satisfied, and it is one man out in the first half of the fourth and nobody on. We have Jake Paul, right-hand batter, the Yankee left fielder coming up. Carl Hubble pitching and Gus Van Cuso on the receiving end. Wind up and we're off, first half of the fourth. All one. That was a curveball over the plate, but got a little bit too high, and the count on Paul is one and nothing. Oh, even the ladies are sitting in their box seats, refusing to move. They're going to take this rain and light. He swings and misses. Ball one and strike one. Well, you know, you can't blame them for that. They've been waiting for this old Yankee-Giant World Series here in the Polo Grounds. It's been happening for a long time. Today they're getting it, and they're good sports. They're taking it. Ball one and strike one. One out. Nobody on. Ball two. Jake Powell threw the first and third baseman in that time by sticking his bat out and dipped the butt, then pulled it away. It was the ball inside, and the count is two and one. Score. Yankees one. Giants something. First half the fourth and Powell batting. Ball two. Strike one. It's a foul. That ball hits Gus Van Cusel on the leg and it hurts a little bit. Yes, it does. You know, in the National League, the umpire hands the ball to the catcher while in the American League. The umpires toss the ball out through the pitch. Now the count is two and two. Powell batting. Ball three. That curve ball of Hubble failed to catch the outside corner to Powell, a right-hand batter. Now we have the count ball three. Strike two, one out, and nobody on. There's a flying drive that Jackson reached for, didn't get it at the base hit. Paul is rounding first. There's the play at second. It's going to be close. He slides. He's safe. A double. Yankee Paul wrapped that line drive over the head of third baseman Jackson. Jackson leaps in the air for it, failed to negotiate the catch by inches, and the ball went on out and tearing off the wall 315 feet away, where it was picked up out there by Joe Moore. Moore cut loose with a fine throw, but Powell beat it only by an eyelash, and it's a two-base hit for Powell. Manager Bill Terry has walked over to the box. Doug Van Cuso, the catcher, has left his position behind the bat. And they are now out there on the mound talking to Carl Hubble. You know, very frequently during a ball game, at no particular meeting or anything, but Bill Terry, being an encouraging manager and having that reputation, steps over in a spot like this and gives his players a few words of encouragement. 
So far, it seems to be the right strategy because they have won the National League Summit, of course. Runner on second, one man out. And we have Tony Lanzari coming up. A right-hand batter, Hubble. Takes, here it is. Strike. Foul ball, tip ball that Gutman Cuso hung on to. One man out, Jake Powell is on second. On the count, it's strike one. Ball one, that was a fast ball that knocked Tony Lazari out of the batter's box. He stumbled over his foot, but he didn't go down. Ball one and strike one. I don't like to remind you of the rain so often, but it is a matter of importance now, and it is, the rain is still coming down very hard at the moment. Ball one and strike one. If it comes down any harder, they would have to call it, but nothing is yet. Another foul. Strike two and ball one. Catcher Mancuso ripped his mask and cap off. And that tip foul. Now he has it adjusted, and he's back in there ready to go. First half of the fourth inning, you know. One man out, Jake Powell on second. Tony Lazari is up, strike two, and ball one. There's a pitch out before it's second. He's safe. There was a bit of inside baseball with that count, strike two, and ball one. Mancuso definitely called for a pitch out. He whipped the ball down to second base to Burgess Whitehead, but Jake Powell, who had a pretty big lead, was able to get back. And the throw was just a little bit too high. Now we have the count ball two and strike two with Tony Lazari at back. Outside, the very took almost a half swing at that ball as it broke away. He was able to hold it to the satisfaction of the umpire and keep, and it's a ball in the count of three and two. Hubble was going to tip our microphone over just a little bit and get it out of the range, so if you hear a click, that will be it. Ball four, Tony Lazari walked. That count three and two. Apparently, that slippery ball got away from Hubble because it was at least two yards on the outside of the plate. This is the crowd of a pause for Selkirk. It was Selkirk, you know, who exploded that mighty home run in the upper deck in right field to put the Yanks out in front in the third inning. As the Yankee batters come up to the plate now, they are carrying a huge towel. Pretty big towel to wipe that bat off before stepping into the batter's box. One man out, Lazari is on first, Jake Powell on second. Carl Hubble in the box, the left-hand pitcher, and there's the stretch. First half of the fourth inning, one out. Strike! Boy, what a cut he took at that one. That brought a sigh and a roar out of the crowd. I say a sigh from the Giants fans and a roar from the Yankee fans. It's strike one. One man out, runners on first and second. The pitch, it's a steal, there he goes, there's the throw, the throw is good, and Powell is out at third base. Lazari goes to second. The Yankees probably took into consideration that they had a slippery ball there, and uh, with one man out, they attempted the double steal, and Gus Mancuso cut loose with that throw down to Jackson. The throw was high, but Jackson handled it very beautifully, and with the same motion, dipped 
put the ball on the runner and call was declared out. Mark Butcher, the coach at third base, thought perhaps that that was just close enough that the decision could have went to Powell and he told the umpires go, but that's all over and we have two men out. Lazari is on second, Selkirk at bat and it's ball one and strike one. There's the stretch. Ball two. Player to that pitch, Dick Bartell, the giant shortstop, running over and back of Tony Missouri, trying to keep him as close to that bag as is possible. Burgess White had the second baseman is playing over about 10 or 15 feet from his second base position. Terry is playing over closer to the line. We find Mellot backed up against the right field fence. The pitch is a strike, he misses, strike two and ball two. opinion of the Giants, Selkirk is a right field hitter, very definitely so, because Ripple in center field is playing in deep right center, Mellon is playing over in front of the 339 foot sign and very close to the wall. With Terry and Whitehead both moves over to the right side of the diamond. The count is two and two. There's the pitch. Ball three, that was almost a wild pitch, the ball hit the edge of home plate, Judge Mancuso in trying to pick it up, batted it halfway out to the pitcher's box, walked out, picked it up, and has now walked all the way out to the pitcher's box. day like this, you know, we almost feel inclined to say first down and ten to go, or something like that. Two men out. Tony Lazari is on second, the first half of the fourth inning. Score, Yankees one, Giants nothing. The umpires the, delayed the game for a moment and the giant mascot has walked out with a fresh bag of blood. He dries his hand and then throws it back to the mascot. I wonder if they're going to go through with that procedure between each pick. If we do, we'll be here to say Merry Christmas time. All right, it's three and two. There's a bit of inside baseball that we overlooked. It's three and two, and rather than to leave that Rodgers bag out there and get all wet, just walked out and gave him enough for this one pick. The count three and two, two men out, the runner on second. Here it is. Strike three! Selkirk, as you all know by this time, responsible for the only run scored so far with his home run in the third inning. Pan leaving the very on second to retire the Yankees in their turn in the fourth. Take it away, Tom. Right at the moment, I see one of the groundskeepers taking care of home plate. The time we uh, haven't let the boys around the country say good afternoon to us for quite a while. So if it's all right with you, we'll pause right now for station identification. This is WMAQ, the Chicago Daily News Station. Again, we're going into the last half of the fourth inning. New York Yankees, you know, are ahead in this first game of the 1936 World Series by the score of 10 to nothing. For the benefit of our friends who are just getting home from work or have just tuned in, the big dynamic flow of the game was that of George Selkirk, the Yankee right fielder, when he came to battle in the third inning, and he blasted a mighty home run up in the upper deck of the right field stand. Ready to go to bat now. And Gus Mancuso, first man up in the giant half of the fourth, hits the first ball, an infield fly, Ralph under it, and he has it. Red Ralph had a bit of difficulty in making that catch because the rain comes down and the first battering in his eyes as he looks up following the flight of the ball. One man out, Mancuso tapped up to Ralph. 
versus Whitehead. Right-hand batter. The giant second baseman heads now at the plate. Dropping pitching. At the plate. A burning fast ball. Right down the center and the bat. Level high. Last half of the fourth, one out, nobody out. A barrel back. That was another well-pitched ball. Battle roughing got a nice job breaking curve. Trying to keep the ball high on Bridget Whitehead. Apparently, he's a low ball hitter. Strike three, he swings and misses. Two men out, nobody out. It was the only half of the fourth. Bill Rick down on their home plate now, but by Furman is rushing out a new ball. Thank you. 
All right, Tom, here we go. Move the mic a little bit. Up that one hit. The one time he's been at bat. So far, Hubble has struck out four of the Yankees, while Red Ruffing has struck out five of the Giants. First pitch to Hubble. Ball one, low and inside. Ruffing throws the rubber, starts his wind up for the next pitch. It's coming in, and he fouled it back over Dickey's head. Strike one. The count is one and one. Hubble leading off in the Giants' half of the fifth. The score, one nothing in favor of the Yankees. The Yankees have made five hits. And the Giants have made three. As far as bases on balls are concerned, Ruffing has passed two, and Hubble has passed none. A foul ball going into the stand. Another strike, and the count is two strikes and one ball. Hubble has walked one man. Ruffing gets a new ball. He roughs it up a little bit. Love off his... Love hand, taking plenty of time out here. I wonder if they can fix the way they are with the adverse conditions. Here's the pitch, it's a curveball, and he hits it on the ground to second base. There's the pickup, and he's out at first. Lazeri to Gary. Easy chance for Tony Lazeri. One man gone in the fifth. And Joe Moore, left fielder for the Giants. Slide out to left field the first time at bat, struck out the second time. One out and nobody on. Yankees leading one to nothing. The last half of the fifth. Left-hand hitter, he steps in there. Ruffing raises his arm for the pitch, and it's a curveball which he pops the foul. Dickey is going back for it. He's under it. He has it. Two men out. Nobody on. And Dick Bartell, shortstop for the Giants, who also flies to left in the first inning hit himself a single in the third inning. Right-hand batter comes up. Ruffing out there, pawing around at the pitcher's rubber. It's awfully tough out there, not only on gripping the ball, but also on their footwork. Because their feet get balled up to this day. Getting very muddy. And while he steps into the pitcher's slot, there's the wind-up, and it's a curve, low and outside, ball one. One ball is the count, two men off, nobody on. Redhead stamps around out there, kicks the mud out of his feet. He's on the rubber now in pitching position. There's the bend, there's the wind-up, and it's a sidearm service. Styles back on the roof here. Strike one, the count is one and one. Two men out and nobody on. Nothing gets a new ball. And goes through the usual procedure of giving it just a bit of a rub. Taking some of that shine off of it. Count it one and one. Two men out and nobody on. One nothing in favor of the Yankees. There's the windup. Here's the pitch. It's a drive out. Bill single the first time at bat. 
and fouled out to Dickey the second time up. Start all over again now, boys. Here's the next pitch coming in. Very awkward for the fly out. Left field way, but it's foul. Going into the stand, foul. Above the scoreboard out there. And the count is one and one. Just a long strike out there in the upper deck. He's a little bit behind that pitch. Foul this fastball up in the upper deck. Out left field way. Count is one and one. Ruffing works on a new ball. The score is tied at one run. There's the wind-up for the next pitch. It's coming in. He hits it on the ground right at Tony Lazari. It's flowing. Tony comes in fast, throws him out at first to retire the side and end the fifth inning. One run. One hit. No error. If you want to enjoy yourself next Friday evening, listen to Fred Waring in his Pennsylvanians over the NBC network. It's the shortest half hour in radio. Well, as we go into that sixth inning, <laughs> Joe DiMaggio is first up for the American Leaguers. Joe has had one hit and two times his back. Rounded out the shortstop to end the first inning and single the right field in the third inning. Joe is square now at one run, each run being a home run. George Selkirk and Dick Bartell providing the home run. And the crowd, despite all the rain, seem to be very happy out here now. They're witnessing a grand ball game under very adverse conditions. There has not been an error made so far, and how the boys handle that slippery apple out there is more than I can tell. Maggio, a right-hand batter, steps in there. Paul Hubble is doing the same as Charlie Ruffing was doing a bit ago, trying to get the mud out of his feet. On the rubber now, has the time from Gus Manchuco. Starts his wind up, and the first pitch is coming in there, and hit on the ground foul along third baseline, strike one. Being retrieved by shortstop Dick Bartell and thrown over to umpire Bill Summers, who is umpiring there at third base. And a new ball has been handed to Manchuco, who passes it along to Carl Hubbard. Ball square, one run. Maggio leading off in the sixth. John goes up for the pitch. Here it is. It's inside. Joe ducking away from that fastball. Ball one. High inside pitch. And the count one and one. Up hunches his shoulder a bit. Takes his time. It's a long breath. There's the windup. Here's the pitch. He's swung and missed up in the third ball. Just, just under his swing. About a belt high pitch. Joe was looking for a high passing. Following the one up pitch. Hubble broke it down. And the count is two strikes on one ball. There's the motion for the next pitch. Another One out. That's the fifth strikeout. Registered by Hubble. Now all square with Ruffin. Lou uh, Gehrig is up. No hit. In two times at that. 
First time he grounded the carry, he caused the Hubble for the out. Second time he hit one right back, and he rebounded right back to Hubble. One away and one off. High score of one run. There's the motion. Here's the pitch. A card strike has Hubble broken through over Belt High. One strike on Columbia News. One man out of nobody on. Hubble pitching. The arm goes up for the motion. A curve low. Ball one. Count is one and one. Cy Furman giving a new ball to Judge Mancuso. I believe the ball even gets wet coming in from the pitcher to the catcher. One one. Up back is motion. Here it is. A curve outside. It just missed that outside corner by inches. And just didn't believe it missed. He stumped it into his glove. That's out from the back of Hubble. Counted two balls in one strike. Cutting himself, there's the wind-up, here's the pitch, and he hits it on the ground, foul, down the first baseline. Blake Perry made a nice kick up the bottom, got a nice hand at the claws from the crowd. The count now is two strikes and two balls, one man out, nobody on. He carries the batter in the score, tied at one run, as he's playing the first pass of the sixth inning. Two balls in one strike. 
Reagan has bending a little bit, setting himself. There's the windup. Here's the pitch. And he hits it on the ground. Ball oh, down the first baseline. Bill Perry made a nice pick up and happened. Got a nice hand of applause from the crowd. The count now is two strikes and two balls. One man out, nobody on. Luke Gehrig, the batter of the score, tied at one run. After playing the first half of the sixth inning. Over into the vacant seats of the stands. 
handing in the cover out there and up along the forward edge up on top. They're still standing there getting whatever little shelter they can get. Feel it's becoming very, very wet, dangerously wet, I'd say, as we go to the last half of the sixth inning and the score, one all. So, little to choose between the teams. Hubble and dropping uh, both pitching grand ball, and the runs are the result of homers by Selkirk and Bartell. Both about equal in distance, I think, with the crease. Going in now with Pellock, left-hander, coming to bat. Pellock's walked both times at bat so far. And he's in there, left-hand hitter. Dropping on the rubber, ready to go. There's the windup, and the first pitch to watch this time is high and outside. Ball one. That always comes up with that back foot as the pitch starts. Not a very big belt. Got a lot of power behind that swing. Dropping tosses the ball around his glove out there. Ready to pitch. Here's the motion. And outside pass ball. Ball two.
like the Giants' golden opportunity. The boys are kicking mud off their feet. Plenty of wet spots out there now, puddles on the, that you can see on the skin part of the field. Undoubtedly, the grass is very slippery. Yankee infield, pinched in for a play at the plate on a ground ball. Roughing is not ready yet. He's still working with that, kicking a dirt around the pitcher's rubber. Blows on that pitching hand to get a better grip on the ball. Now he's ready to go. There's the motion. And here's the pitch. It's a foul strike back. One strike on Mancuso. And the first time at bat, popped her off the second time up. Six hits apiece, one run apiece. I mean, uh, five hits apiece and one run apiece. Dolly is ready, there's the motion, and here's the next pitch to Gus. It's low and outside. Dickey making a fine recovery of a badly pitched ball down in the mud. He hands it to umpire Cy Sherman and gets a new white in the exchange. Bit of damage for Pat. Still is walking off halfway to the box. Pat is roughing. All the boys kicking mud out of their shoes. And the count is one and one on Mancuso. One and one. Roughing starts his windup. Here's the pitch coming in. A fast ball. He hits it. for the catch, he has it, and that ends the sixth inning. 
One run. Two hits. No error. One man left. Mott opened with a double. Sacrificed to third by Ripple. Came home on Mancuso's single to left. Whitehead popped the rope. And Jackson slides to Maggio's short left hand. A Ford V8 is powerful yet economical. Tests show better than 20 miles to the gallon that speeds up to 40 miles per hour. All right, Tom. Well, it's still a ball game. It's 2-1 now in favor of the Master League. The Giants, of course, going to run across that time when Melvin Ox, the right fielder, caught the Yanks up and poked the double down the left field corner. Then, of course, he came home on the single that followed putting the National League in front at the end of six innings, two to one. Again, the umpires are coming over near the pitcher's box, and once more, the groundkeeper has rushed down with a pail full of dry dirt, very hard for Hubble or Ruffing to get a foothold out there, particularly so after they come down on their foot and deliver the ball. Seems to be sliding away on them. They're going to be detained for a few moments from time to time until they dry up that time. Even on the air, the game has started over two, just about two hours ago. When he completed six innings, that's very slow, but one of the reasons that we observed for that slowness is that these two teams are very deliberate in figuring everything out. It's going to be a rather lengthy game. Well, we passed two-thirds of the way. We're going into the first half of the seventh. The American League is coming to bat, and... We'll have Jakey Powell, the left fielder, right-hand batter, first up. But Carl Hubble and Mancuso still the strong points for the Giants. Carl Hubble is having a lot of difficulty out there in getting his foothold. He's still kicking the mud around and trying to smooth it. But in a moment or so, we'll be ready with the first pitch in the cup. Powell has had a single and a double in the two times he's been at bat so far. Hubble raises his arm for the first pitch to Jakey, and he hits that one on the line over short top head, taken on the first hop. Out in left field by Joe Moore, a single. This makes Jake a perfect day at bat. Two singles and a double. Tony Lazeri is up, the tying runners on first base. Lazeri fanned the first time at bat and walked the second time up. 2-1 in favor of the Giants. This is the seventh inning just opening up. I don't know but what they'll rechristen this field after today and call it the water polo ground instead of just the plain polo ground. Getting very much inundated. Hubble pitching from the shoulder without a windup with a runner on base and the first one comes in there knee high for a call strike on Lazeri. Right hand hitter. One strike on push him up Tony. Jakey Powell taking practically no lead off first. The heavy going, now he's edging off just a bit, and a toss to first drives him back. Wasn't even close. One strike on Lazeri. Hubble is on the rubber, ready to pitch now. Here it comes, and it's outside, ball one. Great high pitch outside. Count is even at one and one. Powell on first with a tying run. The Giants are leading 2-1, to one, and this is the seventh inning. Carl has the sign. Mancuso comes up out of the crowd. Here's the pitch. Lazari hitting a foul on the ground off third base way for the second strike. Powell was well on his way and around second base. Coming back now, the count is two strikes and one ball. 
and one. Missouri drying his hands on his sock. Steps back in the batter's box now. Kicks a little mud off his feet. Or rather, a lot of mud off his feet. Counted two strikes and one ball. Nobody out. There's a stretch for the next pitch. Coming in. Missouri took that one, a high one, ball two. Just a little bit high, and the count is two and two. Two and two. Once again, Hub is ready. There's the stretch. Powell edging a bit off first. Here comes a pitch to Lazari, and he swings and misses for the third strike. A ball that was outside. And that's number seven for Hubble. One man gone. Selkirk is up. George hit his home run the first time at bat to put the Yankees in the lead. And then struck out the last time up, leaving Lazari on second to end the fourth inning. Howell on first. One out. And Hubble is passing to first. Howell back safely. Gets set again in there. Not in pitching position. Now he is. There's the stretch. Coming in. Swinging strike of curve that was breaking away from him. He just managed to stick it to the end of his bat. And the count is one strike on Twinkle Toes George Selkirk. Right field for the Yankees. touching the ball glancing over here getting the sign now he looks over toward first base Powell takes a little bit of a lead here's the pitch he hits it on the ground to Terry Terry is pausing to touch stop forcing Powell at second Selkirk on first with two down and Powell is forced at second Terry to Bartell Charlie Ruffing is up, rounded out to the pitcher the first time at bat, struck out the second time up. Charlie is a good hitting pitcher. He's often used in the role of a pinch hitter, just like brother Wesley Farrell of the Boston Red Sox. First pitch to Ruffing is low, the right-hand batter. Ball one, two men out. Selkirk on first. Score 2-1 in favor of the Giants in the seventh inning of the first game. Hubble takes his time. Taking his stretch now. He's ready. Here's the pitch to roughing, and he hits the foul back here. Right. One. And the count is one and one. Back here in the stands. Two men out. Out and one man off. Hubble hunches his shoulders a bit. Now he's ready. There's the stretch. Toss the first instead. Elkirk back without much effort. Ray Hurd 
Stone is out there keeping him on, coaching. Here's the pitch to Ruffing, and he struck out, swinging, going for a slow, low-breaking curve. No run. One hit. No error. Powell led off with a single. Lazeri fans. Stolkberg forced Powell at second, carry to Bartell, and Ruffing went down swinging. Take it, Tom. Well, that's the resume given you by Ty. Now we're going into the last half of the seventh. New York Giants know we're out in front by the score of two to one. A lot of you are getting home from work, so we might tell you that the Yanks took the lead in the third inning. George Shelker, right fielder, left-hand batter, flashed with a mighty home run high up in the upper sec of the right field stand. Home run perhaps from any ballpark in either league. And Dick Bartell even matters up by flashing equally as long a home run in the opposite direction, in the upper sec in left field. And home run that Shelker hits was over 339 feet. It's marked down at the ground. I believe it's almost 50 feet to the railing upstairs, and that's where he poked that home. Bartels is over the 315-foot sign, and it's about 50 feet up to the railing of the upper deck there. So you can well imagine what a mighty poke that was. WMAQ, Chicago. And drives that are close to the bank and so forth. So again, uh, we shall hear from the boys over the network of NBC, and we call for station identification. WMAQ, Chicago. And we sit here in the National Broadcasting Company box at the Polo Grounds in New York City for this first game of the World Series between the Giants of the National League and the Yankees of the American League. We're thinking for a moment of the folks perhaps around the country who are enjoying the bright sunshine day. Very bad day here in New York yesterday. Late last night it was thought by many of the folks in charge that today's game would have to be called up. However, we got up this morning and it was a bright day. Very acceptable to baseball. Came here to the Polo Grounds and shortly after part of the ball game very cloudy and started to drizzle. That drizzle increased and we've been sitting in a pretty steady downpour of rain since that home run in the third inning. Perhaps that home run had something to do with disturbing the element, but anyhow, it has really been raining. The players are drenched, the field is drenched, and the spots out there now are becoming very wet. That round of applause you heard a moment ago before the groundkeepers who just repaired the diamond and spot, and partly for Carl Hubble, who will be the leadoff man for the Giants in the last half of the set. He's up there now. He's had one hit and two times at bat. Ruffick starts his up on the first pitch. The Hubble is hit. Hot fly. Lou Gehrig in foul territory coming over here for the catch. About 50 feet away from first base toward the field box. One man out. And next is Joe Moore with no hit. In the two times he's been up there. Three times, rather. The rain is even obliterating the marks on the scorecard. Or another left-hand hitter. And roughing is ready. Here's the pitch. He hits one out to dead center field. DiMaggio circling under it, waiting for it, and has it. He hardly had to move for that one. Dead center field, fly ball. Two outs. 
Run on. And Dick Bartell, whose home run put the Giants on equal terms with the Yankees. Then a little later, Mellot double. Gus Mancuso single. Got them into the lead. Bartell has had a single and a home run and three times at bat. Little fella, right-hand hitter. Crappy lad. There's the motion on the first pitch to Dick. Here's a high fly, foul. Back at third base, it's being chased by Red Roth, but it's in the stands, another souvenir bounding around there. We were a little alarmed earlier in the game when Roth crashed into a railing of a field box down here because, you know, Red has been out of the game part of the time with a cracked rib. We didn't know whether that was doing him any harm or not. Evidently, it didn't. One strike on Bartell. Two men out. Nobody on the step. Score 2-1 in favor of the Giants. National League representative. And here's the next pitch to Dick. It's a high fly right out in front of the plate. Now it's blowing foul, and Dickie comes back after circling a bit. Almost fell before making the catch. And the side is retired. Three up and three away. No run, no hit, no error. Hubble. Foul to Gehrig. Four fly to the to uh, DiMaggio and Bartell fouls the ticket. While waiting for the Yankees to come to bat, we would like to call to your attention the Ford and Lincoln Zephyr dealers nationwide series sale of used cars. More than 150,000 outstanding bargains in dependable transportation are offered. Your nearby Ford dealer has his share. See his selection of used cars and late models of all the popular makes. All right, Tom. Well, the old ball game was moving along. The American League MP is going to have to step on it very shortly. Now completed the seventh inning. We have two more whacks at the southpaw draft of Mr. Hubble. We find the top of the batting order coming up again. Just a moment ago, the uh, officials here at the Polo Grounds in New York have estimated the crowd for the first day at 48,000 people. And the seating capacity here in the Polo Grounds of just a little bit over 51,000. So the estimated attendance for the first game, in spite of the fact that it has been a gloomy, rainy day, threatening weather ever since yesterday morning, they have 48,000 people here. For the first, tomorrow's game will also be played at the Polo Grounds, and with a day like this, I suggest the boys get themselves some oars because it is still raining, still awfully wet out there. First half of the evening, Hubble ready, Rosetti in the box, and here we go. Frank has had no hits in three times at bat. Hubble starts his windup, and the first pitch to Rosetti is a ground ball foul. Down third baseway, strike one. Jackson went over there, of course, but the ball was outside, probably 10 feet. One strike on Presetti. Leading off in the eighth inning. Hubble working slowly. Hitching up his trousers, drying off the ball. Now he's ready to go. There's the motion. It comes in there. It's another one down first baseline, and that was fair by inches going on out into the corner. Four, two bases if he can make it. He overslid the bag. He's safe. This was a great play down there at second base. Left fielder shoved that ball in there very fast. Joe Moore to Burgess Whitehead, the second base. Rossetti beat the throw, but overslid the bag. Then 
White hit, missed the tag. Lasper said he was sliding back, and he's waved safely by umpire Major Kurtz. Steady on second. As a result of that double, cuts inside the third baseline. Travis Jackson dives for the ball. Couldn't possibly get it. Squirted on out in the corner in foul territory. And they've got a couple of towels out there. Drying off both the lads that were on the ground. Bartell and Rossetti. And now the Yankees have another chance to tie the score. The runner on second and nobody out. It's like a football game. Look at the towels out there. It certainly does. Well, it's, it's certainly more football weather than baseball weather. I think that's one of the funniest plays we ever saw tonight. Both those boys are off the back. Neither one of them can well, get enough football back. to make the player get back to the bag right. or anything else. Absolutely. We're both doing that Australian crawl. <laughs> well, the next man up is Red Rolf. One hit and three times a bat, a left-hand hitter. And the tying run is on second base. Setty standing down there in one of the puddles. Bartell right behind him, running over to second. Foul attempting to bunt. The idea is to move him around if possible. Ross's best effort that time was a foul off to the left of the plate. Strike one. The remarkable thing of this game, Tom, is no error. Look at the white uniform. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of mudders out there. Bartell is not giving Procetti any chance for a lead there with this expected sacrifice play coming up. Here's the pitch, and it's outside. Ball one, one and one. They're keeping Jackson anchored at third. With Terry and Hubble looking after the bunt. And Whitehead, or Bartell rather, keeps uh, Procetti from taking any lead off second. Right on the bag now. Said he has about a 10-foot lead. Hubble takes his stretch. Here's the pitch to Rolf. He bunts one in front of the plate. And Hubble fails to pick the ball up. Almost a triple play, a low line drive 
Whitehead taking it off his shoe tops and tossing to Perry to double Walt off first. Two men out. Rossetti still on third. That was a rescuing play that pulled Hubble out of a bad spot. And the Giants are huddling around pitcher's box now with Gary coming up. He may be ordered to pass him, although Gary has not gotten the ball out of the infield. Grounding first to Terry, then to the to Hubble, and the last time up, he struck out. DiMaggio lined the Burgess, a low line drive off the Burgess left. He picked it off his shoe top, then threw to Terry to double Rolf off first. The crowd is still in an uproar over that play. Teddy is being fouled off a bit, where he's been down on the ground. His gray pants are not quite so spotless as they were when the team took the field this afternoon. Now here's the picture, two men out. Bang run on third, and Lou Gehrig is the batter. All right, here's the windup. First pitch to Lou. Hit him right in the rib. Gary hit with a pitch ball. He isn't hurt. He's taking the mud off his clothes and going slowly down to first base. Runners on third and first. Two men out. And Dickey with no hit in three times as bad as up. Bill hasn't gotten the ball out of the infield either. Rounding out to second base. Striking out. And uh, grounding to Terry. Two men out for Teddy on third. Gary on first. That certainly was a rescuing play on the part of second baseman Burgess Whitehead. Dickey, a left-hand batter in there, waving a bubble. Up takes his stretch. And here's the pitch. It's an inside pitch, letter high, ball one. Dickey backing away from it. Brought it 2-1 in favor of the Giants. Eighth inning, runners on third and first and two out. Double takes his stretch for the next pitch to Dickey. And Bill hits an easy bounder to Terry at first. Terry making the put on And ending a very exciting inning. And listen to that crowd roar. No run. One hit, and the first error of the ball game. That was easily the outstanding inning of the first game of the World Series. But a lot of things happened, and here they are. Rossetti first up, and he hit one just over that bag for a double. He then slid into second base, overslid the bag. Burgess Whitehead, who handled the ball after it was retrieved by Moore, tried to make that play at second, but he was out there in the mud, and he was sliding around, just couldn't get on his feet or on his knees either, and neither could Crosetti. But finally, Crosetti got back, and I thought that was a beautiful decision by Major Kurtz, who just kept his nose right over that play until it's completed. Then Rolf laid down a punt, Hubble, in a hurry to mark that Crosetti off at third base, overran the ball. The official scores then decided it to be scored as a sacrifice and an error. DiMaggio then came to bat, and he smacked one of the hardest hit balls of the afternoon, a low line drive, on his way to right field. Whitehead came over, picked the ball off his shoe top, then threw it to Bill Terry. And here's where a great bit of brain work came in. Bill Terry had a chance 
to enter the Hall of Fame with his Giants, as it were, by making a triple play. He saw that Crosetti was off that bag, but that ball was awful slippery, particularly after it had been tossed around by Whitehead and himself. Instead of throwing that ball over to third base and possibly into the stands, very coolly, he stood there and hung on to the ball and was satisfied with a double play. Then, of course, Jerry was hit by a pitch ball, and the mighty Yankee catcher, Bill Dickey, left-hand batter, came up and bounded out weakly to carry unassisted. Well, I thought that was an outstanding bit of framework on the part of manager Bill, and instead of trying to complete the double triple play, he was satisfied with a double and that one-run lead that they have as they go to the last half of the eighth and carry it back. Bill is up there, and here comes Ruffing first pitch. It's a call strike, low breaking curve, about knee high. One strike on Terry, who has made one hit in the three times he's been at bat. One and three. There's the windup for the next pitch, and here it is. It's a drive out into right center field. Good for a base. DiMaggio heaving it in the second. Lazari has it now, and Terry is on first as the result of his second hit in this game. Nobody out. Giants leading 2-1. to one. And Mellot with a perfect day. Two walks and a double is the next batter. Left-hand hitter. And we'll see whether the Giants play for another run or try for maybe a cluster of them. Chances are the pot will sacrifice here. Red Rolfe is expecting it. He's in on the wet grass, playing in from third base. Ruffing takes his stance on the rubber. There's the stretch. Then it's a pitch outside and low. Ball one. Carry on first and nobody out in this eighth inning. Giants out in front, two to one. Ruffing throws the rubber. He's ready. There's the stretch. Pitching without a windup. He's swinging and fouling it back. Strike one. The count is one and one. That may be just a bit of common flush. He may shorten up and bunt on this next one. Never can tell what these boys are going to do to cross up the opposition. One and one is the count. Ruffing puddles the ball a bit. Ready now. There's the stretch and here's the pitch. It's a bunt along first baseline. He dragged it down there. He may get a hit. He did. Gary Gansdall put in on the grass, expecting a bunt from Ripple, right-hand batter, or left-hand batter, rather. Ruffing takes his stretch, and along third baseline, fair. Strike on Terry, who has made one hit in the three times he's been at bat. One and three. 
the windup for the next pitch, and here it is. It's a drive out into right center field, good for a base. DiMaggio, heaving it in the second, Lazari has it now and carries on first as the result of his second hit in this game. Nobody out, Giants leading 2-1, to one. and Mel Ott with a perfect day, two walks and a double, is the next batter. Left-hand hitter, and we'll see whether the Giants play for another run or try for maybe a cluster of it. Chances are that Ott will sacrifice here. Red Rolf is expecting it. He's in on the wet grass, playing in from third base. Ruffing takes his stance on the rubber. There's the stretch. And it's a pitch outside and low, ball one. Carry on first and nobody out in this eighth inning. Giants out in front, two to one. Ruffing throws the rubber. He's ready. There's the stretch, pitching without a wind-up. He's swinging and fouling it back. Strike one, the count is one and one. That may be just a bit of common sludge. He may shorten up and bunt on this next one. Never can tell what these boys are going to do to cross up the opposition. One and one is the count. Rubbing bottles the ball a bit. Ready now, there's the... And here's the pitch. It's a bunch along first baseline. He drags it down there. He may get a hit. He did. A drag bunt along first baseline for a single. Gary came in for it. But for the time Luke could get the ball, there was no chance for the play at first. And that gives us a perfect day with two hits in two official strips of the plate. Lost the first two times. Double the third time. And dragged the bunt along first baseline to the single to advance Perry. Advance have runners on second and first. Nobody out, and Jim Ripple is up. Jim has no hit in two official trips up. Laid down a sacrifice the last time up to move Hop over to third, where he scored on Mancuso's single. That hit putting the Giants in the lead, two to one. Now both Gary and Wall put in on the grass, expecting a bunch from Ripple, right-hand batter, or left-hand batter, rather. Ruffing takes his stretch, and then the first pitch is bunted along third baseline. Fair, he's out at first on a sacrifice of play being Wall. Gary handling that wet ball nicely, advancing both runners, and the Giants have Perry on third, and Hot on second with one out. Come through nicely. Both times have been up there ordered to sacrifice. Play with Walt to Gary. Third to first. Mancuso. One hit. And a very timely one at that. With three times at bat. Right-hand batter is elected. And again the Yankee infield forced to play in or a play at the plate. Now the boys handle this ball off that wet turf, beyond me. Ruffing starts his wind up at the pitch out, ball one. Now we'll see about this next one. And then we'll tell you it's an intentional pass, ball two. Mancuso is being given an intentional pass. Bring up Whitehead to set the stage for the double play. 
Ball three. Three ball. And the arm goes up for the next one. Ball four. Intentional pass to Mancuso. Setting the stage for what the Yankees hope will be double play ball. But Burgess Whitehead furnishing the ground ball hit. And we'll see where the Burgess crosses the dope. He's had no hits in three times at bat. Terry on third, Ott on second. And Cuso on first. One man out, two one in favor of the Giants. Eighth inning. First game of the 1936 World Series. Here's the first pitch to Whitehead. A curve outside, ball one. Ruffy kicked up some more of that new dirt out of his shoes out there. They built up that pitcher speak several times this afternoon. Fresh earth. There's the windup for the next one. Inside and high, ball two. The count is two and nothing. One man out of the base is loaded. Two and nothing. Whitehead snaps the plate with his bat. Out of two balls and one strike. Blows on that meat hand, rubs the ball a bit. Ready to go now, there's the windup. Here's the pitch. It's a pop ball back here. Strike two. And the count is two and two. On the rubber now, there's the windup. Two and two's the count. Here's the pitch. It's low and outside. Oh, three. Based on balls, fourth center run, a hit will score one or more. And the count is three and two. What will it be? Wrapping is on the rubber. There's the wind up. Here it comes. It's ball four, low. Forcing in. Manager Bill Perry with the third run. For the Giants, and keeping the bases still packed with one man out. Score is now 3-1 in favor of the Giants. The National Leaguers, and Travis Jackson, no hits in three times at bat, is the next hitter. Right-hand batter, and now we find Ott on third, and Cuso on second, and Whitehead on first. One man out. Jackson, a right-hand batter, is up. Ruffing starts winding. Here's the pitch. Jackson swinging and missing. He's in close to the handle. To a right-hand batter, strike one. Travis is walking around in the mud down there and trying to kick it off his feet. Ruffing starts his winding, and here's the next pitch. A curve low, and he swung at that one for the second strike. He's protesting that he didn't go through with his swing, but umpire Fuhrman shake it ahead. It's strike two, two and nothing. Well, 
One man out, three men on. And the pitch is outside. Ball one. The high pitch outside. And the count. Two strikes and one ball. One man out and the base is packed. Jumping rough that new ball a bit. Hiding it behind him. Now he's on the rubber, working with a full motion. Of course, the base is loaded. Low ball two. And the count is two and two. Only one error made in this game. Played under very terrible conditions. Not very excusable one. He knows made even on dry field. Trying to double made. Ruffing takes his time. There's the motion. Here's the pitch. It's a foul ball. Just a souvenir. Count was already two and two. Foul ball out of the stand. First base break. Two and two with one out and three off. And the score three one in favor of the New York Giants. The National League entry in this World Series. Ruffing doesn't like the ball he has. He's tossing it away. Getting a new one. I have point of emphasis, Johnny Coca down there warming up, and on the other side, that left-hander happens to be Lefty Gomez. That means one of two things, Coca may relieve, and Gomez may be the tip-off on tomorrow's start. What do you think? I think Lefty will start tomorrow. He's getting nice and wet, so he'll be in shape if he keeps on raining. We're still waiting here for Ruffing to get going again with a count two and two. Jackson with the base is packed and one out. There's the windup, and here's the pitch. He hits the high fly ball out of the center field. DiMaggio surfing under it. It's far enough to score the runner from third. Joe has it. Here comes his throw. But Hawk crosses the plate, standing up for the fourth. Giant run. Uh, Mancuso tying up at second. And, of course, Whitehead then remaining on first. Travis Jackson drove in that fourth run. And Carl Hubble. With that one hit, three times at bat, pitched himself out of some tough spots. Gets a great hand as he comes up. Two men gone now. Jackson, high and long fly to DiMaggio, which scored Ott for the second run of this inning, and the fourth for the Giants of the game, and here's the pitch. Hubble broke his bat, grounding a slow one for Lasseri, and Lasseri allowed the ball to hop off his shoulder when it took a high bound. This scored, and Cuso, Lasseri throw getting away from Dickey, still escaping it, throwing to Ruffing, and also left Whitehead in. Larry's shoulder, looking for the official scorer to see whether he gives it a hit or an error. He hasn't made up his mind back here yet. There's a committee of three to go through this. Tom, you watch. 
Well, I go over that play again, see what they give it. Bubble broke his bat, hitting a slow bounder towards second base. As Azari rushed in to make the play, ball took the ball top over his shoulder out in the short right field. This permitted Mancuso to score. Then when Whitehead also followed Mancuso across the plate, and before Dickey could get the ball back into the playing field, Hubble had gone all the way to third, where they put a blanket on Carl, and he's standing over there. memorial from the official scorer. Tom is watching him up here behind. I'm trying to watch the field play. All right, by there's the official announcement. Carl Hubble came to bat with runners on first and second, gets a hit on the ball, and Tom passed the zone. That ball. Said he fielded that ball and gets an error on his fast throw to the plate. Right. Two men out. Hubble on third. Joe Moore is up. One strike. Ball. Score is 6-1 now in favor of the Giants. A smash through the box. Percetti coming over near second made a nice pickup and threw him out at first. Ending that eighth inning. And it was a glorious inning for the Yankees. For the uh, Giants, rather. Four runs, three hits, and two errors. It only takes one to hit it. With a familiar cry from the fans. One ride in a Ford V8 will make a hit with you. The luxurious interior will impress you, and you'll thrill with remarkable surge of power when you step on the accelerator of the finest sports car ever built. Tom, go ahead and give them what happened. Well, Sonny happened. Not to give it to you fast. Terry first up, singles to right center. That ball was well hit on a dry day. Perhaps would have been good for extra base. Fell on. Gentlemen kept the sacrifice. Pulled the punt down the first baseline and beat it up. Jim Ripple. Lays down a sacrifice, out falls to Jerry. Gets up to a grand play on the part of Walt. It's simply field, he picks the ball up on the line. And another hand, snap goes to Jerry, putting runners on second and third. That's Mancuso was purposely passed. Save being set down for a double play. First is Whitehead, to a walk, forcing Terry across. Jackson slides deep to DiMaggio, scoring up. Hubble then, Hubble then hit an easy ground ball down second base play. But Jerry was all set to make the play. Apparently very easy. The ball some of that mud or a hole there, bounded over his shoulder for a base hit. But then he then picked the ball up, and in attempting to get Whitehead at the plate, he threw, he's Mancuso, he threw Wild. Dickie dashed back, picked the ball up, and he's trying to get Whitehead through Wild at the plate, for many Hubble to go to third. And of course, Moore made the point, and we're in the ninth inning now, the score, 6-1, in favor of the New York Giants. Jakey Powell is up, a perfect day, three hits and three times at bat, and Hubble's first pitch, falling inside to a right-hand hitter, ball one. Score is 6-1 in favor of the Giants. There's a wind-up for the next pitch, and Powell grounds the shortstop. There's Bartell's throw to Terry, and Powell is out. Short to first, first man out in the ninth. Next is Tony Lazari. No hits at two times as bad. Man fight, walk one. One out of the ninth. Giants leading six to one. Boy, and I'm going to look up this fellow Noah when this is over. One man gone, nobody on. There's a wind-up for the next pitch. And it's in on the inside corner of Lazari. Dealt high for a call strike. 
Second ball strike is tough. Put that screw ball in there knee high to Lazeri. And the count is two and nothing. One man out of nobody on in the ninth. Bubble starts his motion for the next pitch. Lazeri bounded a slow one to second base. Whitehead is up with a carry hazard. And Lazeri is out at first. Two out in the ninth. Doggy customers are moving towards the exit. As for Selkirk, George Selkirk comes up. One hit and three times at bat. A home run opening that third inning. That wasn't enough. By five. Double raises it off for the first pitch to Twinkle Bowl. A swinging strike. Letter high pitch. George backs out of the batter's box and becoming resembling more or less of a hog wallow. As far as the rods in the back, he's got the man Cuso, tucks it back in his hip pocket. Double throws the rubber and starts his motion for the next pitch. Here it is. Selkirk also bounds to Whitehead. He's rushing in on the ball. There's the toss to Terry. And the ball game is over. No run. No hit, no error in the ninth. Three up and three away. And the Giants win the first game. Six to one. Giants six runs, nine hits, one error. The Yankees one run, seven hits, and two errors. And there's your old ball game. Giants knock off the Yankees in the first battle of the 1936 World Series. All of the series games will be broadcast this year with the compliments of the Ford and Lincoln Zephyr dealers of America. And now here's Warren Brown. Well, time was a good game while it lasted. And it lasted, I should say, up until that goofy eighth inning when the Yankees sort of fell apart and fooled themselves to four giant runs that made this game become more or less of a joke towards its close. Up until then, I regard the game as one of the most remarkable that's ever been played in the World Series because of what we might call the track condition. This has been, beyond a doubt, the wettest World Series game since the last one of the 1925 World Series played at Pittsburgh. Then I think there was a little more water, but I doubt if it could have been any more uncomfortable for players and fans alike than this game today. Under the circumstances in which the game was played, the pitching of both Hubble and Red Ruffing was remarkable. Both of them kept control, which was a strange thing because of the fact that the ball was slippery. Another remarkable thing was the fact that there was only one error made up until the time in the eighth inning when the Yankees began to go in for wholesale error making. And that one was more or less excusable. It was made by Hubble when he came in fast for a bunt and sort of overran it. Uh, the pitchers both had fine control up until the eighth inning when Ruffing allowed one base on balls that hurt him. That was one that passed the runner across the base was given when the bases were filled. Up until then, up until the eighth inning, it was almost anybody's ball game. Selkirk's home run started the Yankees off in the lead, and Bartell's home run tied it. After that, Ruffing's difficulty was that he couldn't stop the power of the Giants. That is to say, Ott, Terry, and Mancuso were able to hit him. 
couple after he was hit for that one home run by Selkirk had no particular trouble in keeping Derek, DiMaggio, and Dickies quiet all afternoon. And the only time he needed any help, Burgess Whitehead came to his relief with the greatest feeling play of the series when he made a, a double play on a low line drive hit by DiMaggio and relieved Hubble the only time that Carl asked for any quarter from anybody. Here it is, Jack. Thank you, Warren Brown. Tomorrow afternoon, beginning at 1.15, the second World Series game will be broadcast over this same station by the Ford and Lincoln Zephyr Dealers of America. Don't miss it. And in the meantime, watch the Fords go by. Well, that radio friends is our story for the afternoon. You've heard the play-by-play description of the first game of the 1936 Blue Ribbon Classic. It started at 1.15. Hi, Titans, said good afternoon to you. The second game will be played here at the Polo Towns tomorrow afternoon, and we'll be on the air at 1.15. The first half of the play-by-play this afternoon, presented by yours truly, Tom Manning of Cleveland. The second half of the game by Ty Tyson of Detroit, and we were ably assisted this afternoon by the expert advice of that nationally famous baseball authority, Warren Brown of Chicago. We'll be with you again tomorrow afternoon. This concludes the first broadcast of the World Series. It came to you through the facilities of the National Broadcasting Company. We wish to thank the American Home Products Company, Procter & Gamble, and the Marrow Manufacturing Company for their courtesy in relinquishing their broadcast periods of most of these stations this afternoon in order that we could bring you the description of the World Series baseball game. The Oxford Old Mar Perkins program, usually heard at 3.15, will be presented at 4.45 o'clock in service.